0: Glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 1. How beautiful are thy feet with shoes, O Prince's daughter. The joints of thy thighs are like jewels, the work of the hands of a cunning workman. How beautiful are thy feet with shoes. Now go from there, we'll work our way to the New Testament to Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah chapter 52, we'll read verse 7, and then this verse is repeated, at least in part again, in the New Testament. Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Now go, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're very familiar with verse 13, verse 17, verses 9 and 10. I want to go ahead and read Romans 10, 13 through 17. For whosoever... Shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many are glad for that verse? I am glad for the clarity of Romans ten thirteen, verse fourteen. How then shall they call on him, uh, on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And then one final verse, and we'll come back to these verses throughout the message. gonna be a simple message tonight. But Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, Ephesians 6, 14 and 15. We're in the midst here of the whole armor of God. It says in verse 15, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now I draw in my own mind, having read all these verses, three of them on beautiful feet. The first one uh, is saying how beautiful are thy feet with shoes as Solomon is speaking to this woman he loves. And figuratively speaking, if that woman represents the church, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. Shoes, meaning you put your shoes on means you're going somewhere. You know, if you're barefoot, come to my house and I don't have any shoes. Now, if I lived in Tennessee and I was barefoot, it means nothing. I might be going to the store. Uh, I might be going who knows where. But generally, people want to leave and go somewhere. How do you know they're preparing to go? They put shoes on their feet telling, I am prepared to go somewhere. Well, in Song of Solomon 7, obviously, this wife is... Woman's ready to go somewhere and says, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. And then my mind goes to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I don't know about you tonight, I would like for the Lord Jesus Christ to look at Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church and say, now that's a beautiful church. Now, we think of beautiful, and we think of it in a very selfish way. I want to read you the definition of the word beautiful as it is given in Romans chapter 10 when it says, how, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. The word beautiful means belonging to the right hour or season. means to be timely. By implication, flourishing or beautiful. How many have ever finished a task and what are the words come out of your mouth? You finish a product and you go, oh, beautiful. And maybe you don't do that. I actually use that term, meaning, oh, that's exactly what I was looking for. And often it is said in conjunction with right on time. You know, you have planned something and it, it works the way you plan and you go, beautiful. That's kind of the use of this word. We think of beautiful, we think of the word attractive. That's something that's attractive to the eye. No doubt it insinuates that. But beautiful carries here under the meaning of timely, Uh, meaning uh, if if sometimes we're going to leave our house and I look around and say, okay, it's time to go. And I look at one of the kids and guess what they don't have on their feet? Shoes. And I say, hey, wait a minute. You're not ready. Your shoes aren't on. It's the last thing you put on before you're ready to go somewhere, but you need them. And if they are on, let's say we're all on a schedule and we've made plans. And timing, uh, and for our family, going somewhere, if we're all going somewhere and packing and all that comes together and you leave on time, my words would be, beautiful, well done. And it seems to me that when song of, in the Song of Solomon, he says, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. He is saying, when you are, are dressed and ready for the day and you are prepared to go out in the world, it's a beautiful sight to me. Beautiful. I look at that and it's just what I want to see. Now I wonder this morning, this evening, on Sunday, as we're about to go into the week, does the, the Lord Jesus Christ, is he looking at what is Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church tonight? This group, this heart of the church is here tonight and say, beautiful, you folks are prepared, your shoes are on, you're going out that door into the world, and what I see is a beautiful bride that's ready to go do what I've left her here to do. I want to see three simple things about what I believe, as we just follow the concept of feet through the New Testament, constitutes beautiful feet. He says, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. And I wonder tonight, are we a church that has our shoes on? Are we a church that our Savior would say to us, how beautiful are thy feet? Are we leaving here prepared. May I remind us tonight, First Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And again, I'm kind of preaching the last point first, so we'll just make full circle and come back. As I said, I'm going to give you three things tonight that I believe when we we read about these beautiful feet in Romans 10 and Isaiah 52 and Song of Solomon, verse 7, and then then we read they're not called beautiful in Ephesians chapter 6, but it's the same concept of shod feet. What are are we looking at? What constitutes what God is calling beautiful feet and how practically does that affect our feet? So turn with me now, if you would to Luke chapter 1, verse 79. Luke 1... Verse 79, now this is prophetic. The, uh, the man Zacharias has been filled with the Holy Spirit and he is speaking prophetically of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we back up just a little bit, he's going to be explaining John's ministry as it relates to the Lord Jesus' ministry. So Luke 176, he says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Here's our verse, verse 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Why does he give us light? To guide our feet into the way of peace, I really, with God's help, want I want us to, to think tonight, engage our mind to say, how does the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in my life affect what my feet do every day? If you're working a job, you should know that you are because God has directed you to. Not just because that's what people do. If you are if you are working to do something, and I am working to do something, meaning We need to know that what we are using our feet to go accomplish is something that we've been directed to do. We've been given light that He might guide us into the way of peace. And I believe this has especially to do with peace with Him. Peace through the forgiveness of our sins, no doubt. But that peace that comes from depending on God, living by faith, the way of peace is the life lived by faith in the directing of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the... Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So my first thing I want to, uh, the first thing I want to say tonight about beautiful feet is beautiful feet, according to this scripture, I believe would be feet that are guided feet. Meaning these are feet that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been purchased with His blood. Remember, we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. But He says to guide our feet into the way of peace. You know what? Paul said this. In, in Acts 24:12, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. What he's saying is I seek to live my life to behave in such a manner that I am, I am confident in my mind of a conscience that is free of guilt in my conduct toward my God and toward men. You know what Paul's saying? I am seeking to be guided by the Holy Spirit to live a life that is just and true and righteous. There is no peace like the peace of a good conscience. And a good conscience is first obtained by the forgiveness of our sins. That's salvation. But how many of you know you can have, be saved and not have peace? You can be saved and not have peace because you're not being guided. The beautiful feet... We're going to get to the fact that beautiful feet are going feet. But your feet aren't going anywhere if they're not guided. And guided means my feet, my, my direction in life, and what I literally decide to do with my body... Your feet determine where you go, the things you're going to engage. May I say this? There are people that at one time, their feet brought them in this building because they wanted to have the fellowship of God's people. They wanted to sing the songs of God. They wanted to hear the Word of God. And at some point in time, someone, either this church, stopped being guided by God or those individuals did. And that can be said across. It's not just about this church. I'm just saying people quit church, meaning literally, they used to get their feet up, get in a car, Put that foot on the pedal, drive it to church, steer in the lot, get out of the car, walk in, open a Bible, stand with their feet. You see how practical this gets? The Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but, uh, so, but, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what you have to engage to assemble? Feet. <laughs> It's very practical. Beautiful feet first and foremost must be guided, meaning those feet must be under the leadership and direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Look, if you would, in John chapter 16. John 16. So here, as you're turning there, Luke 179, he says that the Savior is given to give light to them that sit in darkness. So our feet are guided by the illuminating work of the Word of God. What God's Word does is it sheds light on the direction and the decisions we need to make. God's Word is so practical. Uh, it, 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 it directs us as to what we should do and how we should spend our days and our lives. And the Bible says, for instance, if any man wouldn't, would not work, neither should he eat. That ought to determine what we do with our feet, shouldn't it? Uh, uh, feet that stay in the bed all day are not guided by God, unless you're sick, right? Feet that won't assemble at the house of God are not guided by God. Unless you're sick. Uh, feet that won't uh, help someone who has a need. A brother or sister in Christ. We have the opportunity to take our feet over and be a help. Maybe take them a meal. Help them cut their grass. Help them whatever it is they need done that we can do. As you have therefore opportunity to do good uh, to all men. Especially them in the household of faith. My point is this. He says that he came to give light to them that sit in darkness. And in the shadow of death. Psalm 119.105 says thy word is a... Lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so then the word of God should be determining the direction and the deeds of our feet. Uh, It's this simple. Let me ask you something. If you are guided, if your feet are guided by the Spirit of God, let's use some of the young people tonight. And mom says to one of the kids, or dad says, here is your job. This is a job around the house that is now your responsibility. Uh, Your responsibility is to take out the trash on that side of the the kitchen trash. And the child, uh, to do that, has got to take the feet from wherever he or she is, go to the kitchen, get the trash, tie it up, take it outside. This is how practical the Word of God is. That child's mind should work like this if it's a Christian child seeking to serve God. My mom, my dad told me my responsibility is to take out the trash. My God told me my responsibility is to obey my parents. So my feet are going to now walk into the kitchen, and they're going to stop at the trash can, and my hands are going to pick up that trash bag, and I'm going to tie it up, and my feet are going to go outside and take it where it belongs or wherever we're going to put it at. That's how practical it is to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God. Yes? Yes? It's just that practical. And I, I want us to understand that, that uh, that beautiful feet, just like the virtuous woman, you know what our first point last week was her? Her hands were guided hands. Same with our feet. Beautiful feet are guided feet under the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit of God through the illuminating work of God's Word and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13 tells us why the Holy Spirit is given to us john 16 verse 13 he says how be it when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come now let me just give you another illustration i'll use myself this time um Because I wasn't, I was raised up in a Christian home. I can't give you a story about, well, my feet used to go into a bar, but they did at the glorious, you know, at the age of four, God gloriously saved me and I quit going into those bars. No, it didn't work that way for me. But what has happened is there were things that I would allow in my life as a uh, a growing Christian that God would begin to show me. You're doing this, you're spending time here, and I literally stopped going certain places because of the light of God's word. 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us to abstain from all appearance of evil. Um, There are certain restaurants I'm not going to eat in because I don't want somebody to think I'm going in there to drink. What, What made my feet stop going in there? Abstain from all appearance of evil. I'll use this illustration. I remember when, I was, when we first got married, Jenny Beth and I, um, I was in the habit of going down to the University of Tennessee and watching UT football, not regularly, but maybe, I say not regularly, once a season at least, maybe twice. It was an exciting time. The football team was a big deal on Saturdays in Knoxville. The whole town turns orange. That stadium seats 108, 109,000 people to go down. There was an exciting thing. You could go down there, and it was legal there to what they call scout tickets, so if it was a no name team, you could go down and get you a ticket for ten bucks now if it 's a big name team, you couldn 't afford to get in or i couldn 't some people could couldn't afford to get in. So I would go down there and I would buy me a ticket and watch football in person when I couldn't watch it in person. I religiously watched it on TV. I had to watch and see if they were going to win. I knew the quarterback's name. I knew the running back's name. I knew uh, the receiver's names. I knew their numbers. I knew who were starters. I knew who were backups. I was a Tennessee football fan. Today I don't even know who their coach is. But the fact is then that was something that was important to me and I would take my feet either to the stadium or take my feet to my brother-in-law's living room and it was very important to watch and see how the Vols did on Saturday. I began to realize, I was teaching Sunday school at that time, on Sunday morning when my team lost, I was a little bummed. And I also found out that watching that game on Saturday impeded my study time. I was working a full-time job and it was impeding my study time. I was not able to give myself to the teaching of my Sunday school class like I could and should. My heart was not in church as it should be on. I was in church every Sunday, teaching my class, driving a van. And I also realized this. I'm now married, and the finances that I need to have to take care of my wife are being spent sometimes on going to a football game. There were a number of Bible principles that began to bother me about what I was doing and I didn't think about my feet it's just what I was doing and I I reached a decision I'm going to quit watching football games on Saturday it's hindering me and it's a weight it's a weight to me in serving God as a Sunday school teacher it is a it is a hindrance in caring for my wife and for a number, i couldn 't say that football as a game was sin. I can look now and say there are certain things surrounding a football game that are sinful. But the fact of the matter is, there are a number of things that God took His word and shed light, and that watching football with my eyes that involved my feet began to bother me, and God little by little shed light on that decision and showed me, this is a weight that 's hindering you and serving me. And so I made the decision to stop taking my feet to the stadium. and I haven't been in years and years. I made the decision to stop, stop taking my feet and putting them in front of a TV screen and watching it. And laid that thing aside. My point is this, and you could give testimony of your own. The light of God's word and the instruction of the Holy Spirit saying this verse means this decision in your life will literally affect where your feet are. Go let's flip that coin a little bit. I remember when Jim Beth and I were teens, and I would be somewhere with her before we were official. We were just friends, and we're still friends. i 'm glad better friends now we were then. she 's fifteen, 16, i 'm 15, 16, and we go somewhere. She always had tracks in her purse. I never had tracks in my purse because <laughs> I didn't have a purse. <clears throat> I'd have tracks anywhere. I didn't think about giving out tracks, And I would notice she would have tracks. She'd give out tracks, And it provoked me to do better about giving tracks. And I made a decision. I'm going to give tracks to people. You know what that'll do? That'll take your feet from where you sit in your church to the track rack. And then it'll take your feet to the aisle where somebody you've just checked out. My, my point is this. God's word sheds light on us. And it affects what we do literally with our feet. Beautiful feet are guided feet, meaning beautiful feet are feet that are instructed through the illumination of God's word to do or not to do or to go to or not to go to certain places. And so, number one, beautiful feet are guided feet. Number two, beautiful feet are guarded feet. He said, how beautiful are our feet with shoes? You know why we wear shoes? To protect our feet. Can you imagine walking around everywhere barefoot? When I was a boy, we did races on gravel barefoot to prove how tough we were, right? Now, I ran around everywhere. I was, I was your I mean, I mean, was your prototype hillbilly. Ran around everywhere. I remember one day riding on the back of a horse. I didn't have shoes on my feet, didn't have socks on my feet. And I'm running around the woods like a native. And my buddy comes along riding a horse. I jump on the back, barefoot as I could be. That's the way I ran around. So it was no big deal. But if I tried doing that now, my feet would hurt for days. We wear socks and shoes to protect our feet. You'll notice this. God did not say, How beautiful are thy feet propped up on a, on a stool uh, doing nothing. No, God did not say the way to protect your feet is stay at home. He says, No, the way to protect your feet is to guard them against what will damage them. In Ephesians chapter 6, He doesn't say, Stay safe, soldier, stay home. Now, that's what you do in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> God says, no, the way you stay safe is not by staying out of the world, but going into the world properly prepared. When you and I get a good hold on the gospel, what it's done for us and what it will do for others, you'll go out into the world the way you should to, your feet guided to guard your testimony against being uh, bringing shame to the name of Christ. And you be thoughtful of, well, I don't want to go there. Someone might misunderstand, and it might cause the Lord to be misrepresented. And then when I give them the gospel, they won't believe. I want to tell you something. Nothing will clean your life up and protect you more from the influence of the world than determining, I'm going to be a witness in that world for my Savior. And if you've not decided that, and you've not determined that, then what's going to happen is we'll go out there and we'll act like Peter around that fire. My point is this. The Lord said that part of the whole armor of God is the preparation of the gospel of peace, meaning you walk out your door in the morning ready to tell someone about Jesus Christ. I remember hearing the story of a man he got saved, and after he saved, he's still smoking cigarettes. Stopping smoking doesn't save you, and starting doesn't make you lose your salvation. He'd gotten saved, but he had not quit smoking. And the man was trying to witness to his brother. He a man that I believe is in my parents' church in Indiana. He was trying to witness to his brother and trying to witness to his brother and his brother wouldn't hear him. Finally, his brother thumped him on his pack of cigarettes in his pocket and said, don't you talk to me about God as long as those are in your pocket. You know what he did? He went home, pitched them, and never puffed them again. You know why? He was prepared to give the gospel. He said, my job is to make sure I'm representing my Savior correctly. And if what I'm doing is hindering him from hearing the gospel, then I'm going to shape up. And he quit taking his feet to go buy cigarettes. (laughs) My point is this, that the the beautiful feet are guided feet. Yes, they are under the direction and instruction of the Holy Spirit through the illumination of God's word. But in so being guided, they are guarded against the dangers and damage of this world one of the reasons that the world is able to influence us and infiltrate us and defile us in the way it is is we've not yet prepared ourselves to give the gospel. There's not a person in this room tonight that is exempt if you're saved from being ready to give the gospel. The woman at the well got saved, as we heard the other night from Brother Tyler, she got saved whether it was at the well or on her way to town. I don't know the moment, but there's a point where she believed that he was the Christ and within Minutes she is witnessing to her to her friends. Within minutes she's giving the gospel to those around her. So again, Ephesians 6, 14 and 15 says that having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Being determined, every day I have opportunity, I'm going to look for opportunity, I'm going to use my feet to go to someone... Not wait on them to come to me. Not wait on it to, you know, for the sky to fall and God say, now's the time to witness. God said, go. You and I don't go places we're not prepared to go. And so there must be a a preparation of the feet. So our feet are guarded through preparation. It, it, It protects us from the influence of the world. Let me ask you something your feet are going to smell better or worse at night if you go out with shoes on or without, or with or without. If you go out without shoes on and come back, your feet are going to be beat up, bloody, and stinky. So They stink anyway. Well, they're going to be worse if you don't wear shoes. So my point is this. Our feet are guarded through preparation, the preparation of the gospel of peace. And again, I believe 1 Peter 3.15 is the interpretation of Ephesians 6.15. Ephesians 6.15 says... Uh, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 1 Peter 3.15 explains that. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If every day you approach your entire world with, okay, I'm going to be giving the gospel today, I need to approach my day that way. When I'm working, I need to be realizing... My co-workers are my opportunities to give the gospel. And when I'm at the gas station today, I can go to someone and say, can I give you the gospel in print? Or I may go to someone and strike up a conversation across the gas pump, and it's in that moment I'm going to be able to talk to them about who Jesus Christ is, and I need to be prepared for that. If you're prepared for that, it'll protect you. It's not its, it's, not its entire uh, purpose, but God says being prepared to give the gospel will protect your feet. There's a lot of places you'll never go if you're going to give the gospel. Amen? A lot of places you're never going to go if you're going to prepare. Think about this. If I were seen going to that place by someone I just gave a gospel tract to, what effect would it have? You think about this for just a moment. If you saw me walking out of the casino down there, how many of you that would affect how you listen to next week's Sunday morning sermon? I sure hope it would. If it doesn't, we've all got problems. (laughs) Right? Same is true with us. We need to guard our feet through the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our feet are not only guarded through preparation, they're guarded through purification. As we go out in the world and we walk through this world, uh, you cannot help but in the process of living a life in this world, pick up some dirt along the way. Truth? That's just the truth of it. We're washed with what? Ephesians 5.25. The water of the word. Now, if you would go to John 13, we see the symbolism of this when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. The answer was, don't not, don't go into the world. But I see the need to preach this. Some people's idea of how to stay pure and safe is isolate. Don't go into the world. Don't go out and intermingle with the world. No, God says go out with your shoes on. Go out prepared to give the gospel. And then after you've gone out, come back and get washed in the water of his word. John chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after after that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. There's Peter again. <laughs> Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every wit and year clean, but not all. What he's saying is, you're washed already. In the You don't need your head washed. You don't need your body washed. Just your feet, meaning... There is a cleansing you and I need because we walk through this world. How many of you know the world has trash and junk? It's important that we go out prepared and when we come back that we get purified. It's necessary for us to stay in the word of God that it may wash us and cleanse us because there's two kinds of protection. There's protection by preparing your feet and putting your gospel shoes on But there's also protection. If we pick up certain things, it can turn into disease in our feet. I heard a wonderful message this week about Asa. Pastor Adam Thompson from Texas, Austin, Texas, preached on Asa getting diseased in his feet. And he got diseased in his feet when he quit depending on God and decided he could do things on his own. When he quit letting God guide him, he ceased to have God guard him. You with me? And the disease got in his feet. His feet were no longer capable of doing what they ought to do. Meaning the filth of this world got into his feet and whether it's bacteria or fungus or what happened, it diseased his feet and he had it until the day he died. The Bible says he sought to the physicians but he would not seek God. He says, I don't want to have, I don't want God to have to do a miracle. And he died with disease in his feet. And then I compare that to John chapter 13 where Jesus says, I'm going to wash your feet. You don't need a whole bath, but you've been walking around in the world you need cleansed on a regular basis. You only need saved once, but you need the constant, continual washing of the water of God's Word. That'll keep us going the right way, doing the right thing with our feet. If not, there'll be a day we'll walk in some place and do something we never thought we would because the world, by and by, will continue to influence us and continue to influence us until we start walking where they walk. Doing what they do. And so there's two ways our feet are guarded that I see through preparation. Go out into the world, prepared to represent Christ and giving the gospel, taking it to someone. We'll get in that just a moment. But then also through purification, the washing. The Lord Jesus still washes our feet spiritually. He still does. That's why He tells us to come to church. That's why He calls us into the scriptures to listen and meditate and memorize and all these things. So, beautiful feet. Our guided feet. Guarded feet, and thirdly, they are, of course, going feet. They are guided into going out into the world with the message of the gospel. They are guarded by preparation and purification. But the fact of the matter is, the reason, Song of Solomon, chapter 7, says in verse 1, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. She was ready to go somewhere. Now, I said this in Brother Derek's missions conference. I think I said it here since The purpose of the church is not an end but a means. God did not design the church so we would have something to do on Sunday. He did not design the church to give us a spiritual band-aid to make us feel better. He designed the local New Testament church for us to be part of one that we might be equipped to fulfill His will while we live on this earth the church is an equipping agency it equips the 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 people of god to go out into the world that we're living separate from and be a light and be salt we are not supposed to simply come to church and then go live our lives we are to come to church that we might go into the world and give the word of god we must remember our job is to tell them what god says not to tell them what we think, not to tell them how we feel, to tell them what God says and what He's done. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. One of the reasons we have an organized time in this church and by God's grace we'll continue to do to go is because it's such a direct, clear commandment. It is is something that enables us to obey that together and to actually... Go. Now that doesn't... Going at an organized time doesn't... say, Well, I did it. <laughs> That's a danger of that. Well, I got my duty done. I went out. But may I say this. If, you're, if my feet and your feet are not intentionally, purposely leaving where I'm at in my comfort zone to go to someone with the gospel, I'm not obeying God. I've got to walk across the street to where they are. I've got to walk to the other side of the gas pump, to where they are. I've got to walk out on a street and knock on their door, where they are. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One of the reasons feet are often not prepared is because they're not planning on going. How many you are glad the kings went to Mexico? I mean, we are and we're not, Right? What have they said? Well, what we're gonna do is stay in Bonner's Ferry and pray that God brings Mexicans to us. Well, how convenient. You know what? There are not 800,000 Mexicans in, in Idaho, let alone in Bonner's Ferry. But there are down there in Guanajuato. In Arapato, there are hundreds of thousands of people who no one, no one is telling them what Jesus Christ did. Some Catholic priest is lying to them. You know what had to happen? Those people had to say, we're going to pack up and we're going to go where they are so they can hear the gospel. I know of a man tonight that was in the college we went to, tonight he is living in Iraq. He and his precious wife and their daughters are living in Baghdad right down the street from a militia that is set on destroying the United States of America. So I would say, what a fool. I say, what a wise man. He left where he was. He's an intelligent man. He could have a good job in the States. He could do a lot of things. He could pastor a church. He could get a name for himself. But he's moved his family to Baghdad, Iraq because who's going to tell him if somebody doesn't go? Well, that's great. We need to send missionaries. Who's going to tell them on this street if you and I don't go? Who's going to tell my neighbor? Who's going to tell your neighbor? Who's going to tell the person that works at the grocery station, the gas station? You and I have got to have the idea. My feet were not intended to stay. They were intended to go, whether it's across the street or across the ocean. We are told to go. Beautiful feet are going feet. You and I need to be constantly thinking, what do I need now to prepare myself to go to the lost and tell them about Christ? Going, 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 not just busy. We go by mandate, we're commanded. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, "'Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world.'" It's interesting to me the way the Lord Jesus told us to go. First, he deals with it in Matthew 28 globally. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. In the first part of Mark 16, he deals with it globally. Go ye into all the world. But you know what we would do? He knows us. Well, he said go into all the world. We're sending people into all the world, all the nations. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now he gets individual. Just in case you thought we're just supposed to broadly spread the gospel to the masses, I want you to understand that if you're going to do that, you're going to do it one creature at a time. Every creature. And he says it in such a way to take the feet right out of underneath the Calvinists who would say, we wouldn't want to take the gospel to the wrong person. Well, try it and let the Lord stop you rather than not doing it and making a lame excuse for why not. Nothing worse than developing a doctrine that's nothing more than propping up our laziness. That's what Calvinism is. The doctrine rooted in pride and slothfulness, and it's not of God. They use Bible terms, twist them to excuse disobedience. I hope I'm speaking plainly tonight. That's what it is. The point would be this. Beautiful feet, guided feet, by the illuminating instruction of the Holy Spirit of God. Guarded feet through preparation, uh, arming ourselves with readiness to give the gospel, purification, the water of God's word, getting the influence of the world off our lives. Then they're going feet. We could switch the order of that. As we go, we're guided. As we go, we're guarded. We're guided. We are going by mandate and we are going with a very clear and specific message. Let's conclude in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 13. 15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, we read it earlier, shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, here's what's beautiful to God. How beautiful are the feet of, of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. God, our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bridegroom of the church, says, here's what's beautiful to me. When you've got your shoes on, the ones I gave you to protect you from this world, and you've got them on because you're going out there to tell them about how wonderful I am. Help me here. In the Song of Solomon, what is the the woman, the female that speaks throughout, what is her subject matter Every chapter, every time she talks. What's she talking about? Anybody that's ever read the book of Song of Solomon? Who's she talking about? She's talking about that king. She's talking about the man she loves, right? Now, you may not like what she says about the man she loves, but the fact is, her subject matter is him. When she's out in the streets with her shoes on, and she's walking through, she's saying, Have you seen him? Have you seen him? I can't find him. Who's she looking for? Who's she talking about? Him! Her heart is intent on Him. She comes from the wilderness and she's leaning on Him. When you and I go out in the world with our shoes on, we're going out to tell them about Him. And to Him, that's beautiful. You Let me say this. That this is a message about taking the gospel, but you know what else is? It? It's a message about separation. It's a message about holiness. I believe this. When we prepare to give the gospel, nothing cleans up the life like that. Nothing protects us from carnality like that. Say, so my purpose and my intent is to be ready to go out there and tell them about him. Beautiful feet. They're guided. They're guarded. Same two points out on virtuous hands. Thirdly, they are going. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. Isn't that interesting? You ever seen, have you ever heard feet preach? You know what God's saying? It's going to take your feet to get the gospel to them. We're going to have to go where they are and use our feet to get us there. Amen. One of the things I love about mission trips that we take, and the mission trips that we take, they're mission trips. You'll come back and your feet will be flat worn out. Can I get a witness? Whether we go to Libby, God willing, this summer we're going to go help in Butte, we're going to help in Mexico. You know what's going to happen? We're going to fill our hands with Scripture. One of the things we say about the trip get you a good pair of. Shoes. You know why? Because you're going to take the gospel from the warehouse, the church, and you're going to take it out to the field. And you're going to sow that seed, and you're going to use your feet to do it. Now, if you didn't have a piece of Scripture in your hand, you'd go out and use your mouth. But the fact is, our feet must be engaged. And God says, that to me is beautiful. I don't know about you. I want beautiful feet that are guided by the Spirit, guarded by the preparation of the gospel of peace and the purification of His Word and going into a world with the gospel daily, 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 and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach, Jesus Christ, Acts five forty one forty two 42 says. So tonight, does our Savior say, Boy, Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church, you have beautiful feet. You're doing what I, what I want you to do. It's beautiful and t- so timely. Now is the time to take the gospel to a lost world. And so then tonight, are they guided, guarded, and going? Mm-hmm.